And a good evening and welcome to the Mecca of Sports Talk. I'm your host, Keith Dewar, for Tuesday, October the 26th, 2021, as the World Series is just getting underway. And the first batter of the game, Jorge Soler, hits a home run for the Braves. You can't possibly start any better than that if you're a Braves fan. And this should be a very interesting series. Um... You know, the, the Braves coming in, beating the defending champion Dodgers in six games. And, hey, look, if you go man for man with the Astros and the Braves, the Braves stand up to the Astros without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you want to go position by position. I mean, the Braves stand up to the Astros. And man for man, especially in the pitching staff, the Braves have the edge. The Braves have the edge. Uh, offensively, I would probably give a very slight edge to Houston, just to, just based on how things have been going. But take into consideration that for these games, potentially, you will have a DH, and the Braves can put somebody like Jorge Soler at DH. And when you consider the three games down in Atlanta, your Don Alvarez is going to have to play the field because... He's the best hitter on the planet right now, the way things are moving. Unless, you know, you want to talk about Eddie Rosario. But uh, based on the LCS uh, series that went on. But that's an advantage for Atlanta right there. They could put Soler in the lineup. He's a defensive liability. Jordan Alvarez is a defensive liability. He's going to have to play the field down in Atlanta. No no doubt about it. So that's one thing you got to look at also in this series with uh, relation to the Braves and the Astros. Uh, I do still think the Astros are going to win this series. I mean, again, they have the home field advantage. Yes, they didn't win a home game back in 2019 against the Nationals in the World Series. But I do think uh, Dusty Baker finally gets a ring. I hope it doesn't happen because I am rooting hard for Atlanta. Just to, you know, stick it to the Met fans, of course. You know, have the Braves win a World Series. That would be real nice to stick it to them. So based on the fact that, you know, the Mets were in first place for how many days this year, and they collapsed and didn't even make the playoffs. So as far as I'm concerned, if there's a way to stick it to the Mets, go right ahead and do it. Uh, but with that being said, uh, right now, as I mentioned, Jorge Soler let off the game in a home run, one nothing Atlanta. In the top of the first inning, Austin Riley at the plate right now, who's been who's going to get some MVP votes when it's all said and done in another uh, two weeks or so when they do the MB, MVP award uh, voting. So, you know, phenomenal year for him. And, I mean, this Braves lineup, I mean, look, Albies and Riley and Freeman and Soler, you know, Jock Peterson's giving them some good at-bats in the postseason with a couple of home runs. You know, Darno is back and healthy. He gives some, gives you some quality at bats. You know, the the Braves lineup definitely does match up mostly with the Astros. The big difference is that the Astros have the experience in the World Series with their main core of guys, with Altuve and with Gurriel and with Bregman and with Correa. I mean, these guys, you know, have been in three World Series. You know, and the Braves, other than Jock Peterson... I don't recall of any of these other guys being in a World Series in the starting lineup. I could be wrong, but um, off the top of my head, I don't. I don't believe that's the. Well, Travis Darno, I guess, would count in 2015, but whatever the case may be. And there's a base hit for Austin Riley on a 3-0 count. 
And rounding third and coming home to score is Albies. 2-0 Braves in the top of the first. So they get into Valdez right away. And this is obviously the Achilles heel for the Astros. Can they get enough starting pitching like they did in Game 5 and Game 6 from uh, from Valdez and Garcia? So far, that's not happened. Brent Strom is on the, mound, mm-hmm. on the way to the mound right now for the, for the Astros. And they're in trouble right away. So, again... I still think that when all is said and done, the Astros will raise the uh, the trophy in six games, and we'll uh, when, and we'll see, you know that that'll basically be it, and then that'll probably more than likely that will I don't know if it will end the reign of the Astros because they are going to lose Correa most likely. You still got Altuve, you still got Bregman, you still got Alvarez, you still got Tucker, and you know they're going to lose Verlander. He'll be gone. Uh, Granky, I don't know what his situation is with his contract, but you know they're they're gonna have to revamp a, a few things on that team. But the uh, you know they're uh, third World Series in five years, so it's hard to go against what they've done so far uh, down in Houston. Despite the all the cheating and all the nonsense that happened with that, they still do. They still hey had put up the results at the end of the day. And let's not forget too, last year. They came within a game of getting to the World Series last year, and that was being down three games to none against Tampa Bay. So this could have been their fourth World Series in five years. But with that said, uh, getting to the NFL. So if you're a Giants fan, what can you say? They came out on Sunday, played a hell of a defensive game, now, I know you're facing Sam Donald and you're not facing Tom Brady or Pat or Mahomes like you will be facing Mahomes this coming Monday night. But from a from a defensive perspective, they played a great game on Sunday. Where has this been all year? Where has this been all year? If you're a Giants fan, I've been we've been waiting for this the whole damn year. And finally, they played up to their sort of potential on Sunday. Now Peppers is out. For the Giants, I mean, pretty soon they're going to be, you know, calling you or me to go play defensive back or linebacker or, you know, defensive tackle or, or whatever at this stage. Uh, but I, I got to say that the defense showed up and, hey, like it or not, with the fact that they have a, an offensive line that's not been good, they have... Wide receivers left and right that are out. Evan Ingram's a stiff at uh, tight end. Barkley's been out now for a couple of weeks. Daniel Jones, not for nothing, has at least steadied the ship. Now, I know they, they laid a complete egg against the Rams. And, you know, who hasn't really this year, honestly? I mean, I know the, the Lions played the Rams tough this past Sunday. But when you look at the... With, when you look at Daniel Jones, he's at least putting up decent numbers despite a depleted offense for the Giants. Now, I'm not going to go out there and say he's the answer as of yet because I'm, you know, we still need to see more. Tonight's uh, next Monday night's game is going to be a good test, and honestly, the Chiefs, you know, their defense is banged up too. So, you know, I want to see some production from from Jones in a game that's going to require points to be scored because you know that the Chiefs aren't scoring three points against the Giants defense like the the Panthers offense did this past week Mm -hmm. so there's no doubt about it but 
I want to see production from this Giants offense for a second week in a row. Now, I know, you know, I, I didn't like that one play. I know everybody's going crazy because Jones made a one-handed catch and this and that. Yeah, I don't want to see him get murdered out there. You know, the guy just had a concussion a couple of weeks ago, and now we're going to throw, uh, you know, do a trick play, have him catch a pass, and then get mauled by a defender. That's not what I'm interested in seeing at this point. I want to see him stay in the field and see what he could do with or without guys in the lineup. That's what we want to see as, as Giant fans. We want to see what he could do. So these trick plays and this other nonsense, you know, him running around the field and this and that, I don't want to, you know, I want to see him throw the ball, put it where it needs to go, limit the turnovers, and produce. That's it. Because we need to see whether or not he is the answer for the Giants. And quite frankly, they got to, you know, address things in the offseason. First and foremost, we know Gettleman's got to go. That's been well stated already by me and a lot of other people. He's got to go. Now after that, you got to address this offensive line desperately, desperately have to address the offensive line. And quite frankly, after that, you got to figure things out from there. I mean, defensively, hey, they have not played up to expectations this year, last week notwithstanding, but you still have to play defense at a level that, quite frankly, last year, compared to this year, is no contest whatsoever. You have not seen anything remotely close to what the Giants looked like last year in the defensive end of the, of the field. But isn't it ironic that Sam Donald, you know, who now for the last couple of weeks has looked like Sam Donald rather than looking like Tom Brady from the first three weeks? Now he's looked like Sam Donald, weeks four through seven. They've also played better competition for the most part. You know, the Giants are not a playoff team, but regardless, the Giants played a good game on Sunday. But isn't it ironic that Donald got benched at MetLife I mean, you know, let's. You had to chuckle if you were a Jets fan that you saw a guy that clearly, uh, you know, didn't have it. But right now, again, I want to see what happens from here on out with him. Because, you know, he's going to start this next game for the Panthers. But are they going to go out and get Deshaun Watson? Or for that matter, is Deshaun Watson, if he. Uh, was traded to the Panthers, will he accept the trade to the Panthers? Or will he accept the trade to Miami? Or will he accept the trade somewhere else? Or will he just not accept the trade and stay put? I mean, clearly, he's got to go to one of those places, you would imagine. Maybe there's a dark horse team out there. But those are the two relatively obvious places that you would think he would go to. I mean, for for his situation, I'd probably go to Miami. Uh, you know, I I just I just think uh, that's that's where he should go rather than Carolina. I mean, Carolina. I know rule. You know, rules getting all this. Matt rules getting all this hype and this and that. Oh, you know, he's a great coach. He's this. He's that. What has he done since he got to Carolina? He hasn't done anything special. And I know they've had a lack of talent and this and that. They brought Donald in. They started three and zero. You would figure that they'd be right in the hunt right now, but now they're three and four. 
So where's this whole thing that he's a friggin' unbelievable coach? And Giant fans wanted him very badly, and I did too. You know, but I want to see, again, I you know, we jump the gun every week. You know, if you're a Jet fan, you're ready to, to jump off the bridge because they got blown out by the Patriots 54-13. You know, I mean, this is how it is. It's like instantaneous gratification or, or, or else. That's it. Or it's the end of the world. And that's not the way it is. I mean, you got to see things as a whole. You know, you got to see the whole package, so to speak. A to Z, that's it. And and then and then make an, and then make a fair assessment. Now, again, as a Giants fan, I think it's pretty crystal clear. A to Z, you look at the whole package. Gettleman's a stiff. He sucks, and he has to go. Because look at all the moves he's made, and virtually what and what has worked out really. To be honest, I mean, you drafted Barkley second. What has he been? He had a good first year. Yeah. Other than that, he's been hurt. Now, is that Gettleman's fault, necessarily? Well, no, probably not. But at the end of the day, the guy drafted Barkley second. A running back, second, in the draft. And in this era of football, you don't draft a running back second. You address the offensive line, you protect the quarterback, you get some wide receivers, because this is a passing game now, the NFL. It's not a running game anymore. I know Baltimore's had a ton of success running the football 40-something games in a row with 100 yards rushing as a team, and this and that. and you know, But a lot of that's also due to Lamar Jackson. They don't have a pocket quarterback. But again, Gettleman, yeah. A to Z, full package, he sucks. So we know he has to go. And let's see what Daniel Jones does the rest of the year. And if the guy produces with, with, quite honestly, guys that are on the field right now that, you know, you would say, I mean, Galladay's out, Shepard's been banged up, Slayton's been banged up, Barkley's been hurt, Evan Ingram stinks. So when you look at, and, and Tony got hurt, you know, he had a, that big game against Dallas, and now he's out, or he came back now. I mean, he's been on and off the field. So at the end of the day now, you got to say, hey, you know, Jones is still doing this, doing halfway decent, and he doesn't have a whole lot of talent out there to help him. So honestly, let's see what he does. You know, I, I hope he doesn't lay an egg this coming Monday against the Chiefs, you know, where the, the Giants make the Chiefs defense look like the Steel Curtain or Doomsday or the Purple Pe- People Eaters, you know, one of, that t- one of those type of things. I don't want to see that. You know, I want to see pro- progression, not regression from Daniel Jones. So let's see what happens. I'm I'm looking forward to the game Monday. You know, it'll be on national TV, on ESPN. And let's see what happens. Are they going to beat the Chiefs? I mean, that's a little bit asking, you know, it's asking a lot. But still... You at least have a little bit of hope now after, you know, quite frankly, handling Carolina pretty pretty good on Sunday. I mean, holding them to three points. So we'll see what happens. I want to see, again, more of this. Let's see some consistency, etc., and then we'll take it from there. 
Now, I, may, I briefly mentioned the Jets debacle on Sunday, 54-13 against the Patriots. What an, what an embarrassment that was if you're a Jets fan. And honestly, I mean, can you really be happy right now if you're a, a fan of the Jets with, uh, with Sala as your head coach? I mean, he looks like a deer in headlights. The whole damn coaching staff does. You had two weeks to prepare for New England. Two weeks. And what did they do? They laid an absolute egg and a half. They weren't even remotely competitive. And again, they go out there and they fall behind right away. This can't keep happening if you're a Jet, if you're a, uh, the Jets. You have to... You, they, they have not scored... You know they have not scored a point, a single point in the first quarter this year? They haven't scored a single point in six games. They have not scored one point in six games. And then you know what else, too, on top of that? They don't have a single interception in six games. How the hell do you do that? How do you do that and just not score a single point in the first quarter in any game this year? If you're a Jet fan, you're going to be like, what the hell is going on? How could this be happening? I know you got a rookie quarterback. I know Becton's hurt and this and that. Yeah, the offensive line is banged up because of him being out. That's a big loss, obviously. But don't sit there and tell me you haven't, you couldn't get a field goal in the first friggin' six games of the year in the first quarter, or you couldn't pick mm-hmm. off a pass somehow. How do you do that in six games like that? So if you're and 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 you know what the best part is, the Jets aren't even in last place because the Dolphins are even worse than they are. And they lost a brutal game against the Falcons the other day with Pitts with nuts on them for 150-something yards. He's going to be one hell of a tight end. Won't be long before he's the best in the league, quite frankly. He's already probably top five right now among tight ends. So, I mean, Miami's 1-6. The Jets are 1-5. I mean, you you know, after the Jets went out there and did what they did against New England, you'd think the Jets were ready to go to the golf course right now. Or head down to, you know, Aruba or wherever and go put the feet up and call it a day. That's the type of effort they had against New England. It was... A, it was <laughs> there's, no, there's no adjective that you can... Describe, you know, that sort of say that uh, how bad they were the other day. It was putrid. So they got, I mean, you know, he's got to get his act together, Salah. Get this team prepared to play. Because right now, you look at this, you look at this Jets team. I mean, where are they getting some wins? Where are they getting wins from? You know, I mean, we said that about the Giants, where they're going to get some wins. Well, maybe they get, you know, maybe the Giants get four or five. But the Jets, four or five seems like a pipe dream at this stage. And now they traded for Joe Flacco because they needed a veteran quarterback because, you know, Wilson got hurt. He's going to miss two to four weeks with a PCL sprain. So with that, you know, they, they brought Flacco back. Big deal. Flacco could barely throw the football anymore, I'm sure. They're going to start White at quarterback, I think, on Sunday in their next game. 
But man, oh man, what an embarrassment. And you cannot for one second be happy as a Jets fan right now. You know, they lost 11 in a row now against New England. 18 out of 20. That's inexcusable. Inexcusable. You can't be losing by 41 points to New England. Last time the Jets gave up more than 50 points in a game, Rich Cotite was the was the head coach. And you know how that went when he was there. If you're a Jet fan, you hear those two words, Rich Cotite, you're ready to run for the hills. So they better get their act together quick. Because the season's obviously spiraling out of control. And this coaching staff needs to prove that that they're up for the job. Because right now, it certainly don't look that way. So as far as my picks go from week number seven, it was a it was a good week. I uh went five one and one this past week. Only game I happened to lose was the uh let's see. Which game did I lose? Oh. The Giant game, because they picked Carolina. I thought Carolina would win by four. So, you know, 21-17, that type of thing. So I thought the Giants would barely miss out on covering. And obviously they did more than that. They won outright, and they won big by three touchdowns. So, So that was the only game I lost. I won with New England against the Jets, won with Tampa over Chicago, won with Green Bay over Washington, one with Vegas over Philadelphia, one with the Colts in San Francisco in the monsoon that they had on Sunday night football. And the and the push was the the Falcons in Miami, 30-28 and Miami was getting two, so I pushed that game. So I'm 25-18 and 2 right now in my picks. And hey, Thursday night, you got one hell of a game, Green Bay and, and Arizona now. Green Bay might not have Devontae Adams, which if they do not have him, you got to think that this is definite big edge for Arizona on Thursday night. But hey, 6-1 and one against 7-0, and oh, it's hard to uh, not want to turn the TV on to watch that game because that'll probably be the Thursday night game of the year, ideally, in, uh, in the, the Thursday night package that they have. So we'll see what uh, what happens in that game. But right now, if Devontae Adams does not play, I will take Arizona to beat the uh, the Packers on Thursday night. Now, am I going to pick the game among my seven? We'll see. But as of right now, uh, if the things stay the way they are, I'll give the edge to Arizona. I haven't seen what the line is in that game. I will have to take a look. But... Um, That'll be one, you know, fun game. I just hope that Adams could come back before Thursday. That would be obviously great for the Packers and great also to uh, for everybody to see him on the field because he's, uh, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL, he's right up there at the very top. So, I was going to do my NBA picks. That I will do tomorrow. I will, uh, I will go over that tomorrow. I wanted to come on today. Give you my World Series prediction, which, again, I like the Astros in six. Still think they're going to win this series. Uh, you know, experience among their core guys. And, uh, you know, Braves, though, can stand up to them. So don't be surprised if the Braves win this series. And if they do, I will be very happy to report that. And, you know, 
give a nice little dig to you Met fans out there because, you know what, been a long time since you guys won, and the Braves are in the World Series, and we'll see if they can pull it off against the uh, the trash the uh, the trash throws. So, so I'll be back tomorrow to do my NBA season predictions and over unders. I will do three overs, three unders uh, for the NBA. Rangers with a bad loss last night against Calgary. They fell back to earth, losing five to one to Calgary. That was a they looked horrible. The Rangers last night. Calgary was just all over them in the first period, and before you knew it, I mean, the Rangers gave up a late first period goal, and they were never really in this game at all whatsoever. So, uh, so that that was not good for the Rangers. Uh, the and the Knicks on Sunday night with a really bad loss to Orlando. You know, I mean, come on. You can't be losing games to teams like that. I know it happens every so often, but after the way they played on Friday night against Orlando, hitting 24 three-pointers, and then to come out on Sunday and to lay an egg like that against the Magic, you can't be doing that. So, you you know, this is undoubtedly, like tonight's game against Philadelphia, the Knicks need to win this game tonight. They need to win this game tonight. They're better than Philly at this point. If you take, you know, Simmons out of the equation, to me, the Knicks are right up there with Philly. Now, they're not up there with the Nets. They're not up there with the Bucks. You could probably argue they're not up there with the, the Hawks or the Heat. You know, look at the Bulls. They're 4-0 so far, Chicago. They've revamped that team. They look a hell of a lot better. They haven't been 4-0 since 1996 when a certain guy named MJ was there. But tonight, the Knicks need to win. And I don't want to hear any excuses at this point. You know, uh, they're up 20 at the half, in fact, right now, the Knicks. So let's see if they can hold on to that. But I want to see consistency this year from the Knicks. So the game the other night, I hope, was an outlier. And they at least come out come out of tonight's game with a victory and get to three and one, and then we'll see how it goes. So I'll be back tomorrow to do my full NBA preview. Until then, enjoy the World Series. Enjoy, uh, enjoy game one tonight. Braves up 2-0 currently, bottom of the first. Talk to you tomorrow.